welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From Wellington, New Zealand, I'm Dave Wood, and joining me from Devon, England, is Dave Knott. Uh, where does one where does one start? Start at the beginning. So I suppose background root digital. When did that start? Two thousand and fifteen. Crikey, over three years ago. Um, that was in January. I think I incorporated it. So I think you you were similar, weren't you, with Roboheads? Uh, in, as in January now. It was the same time of year. I think I was a year later. Yeah, no, I was. I was. I was a year later, twenty sixteen, because I'd actually been operating. Um, selling my apps as a sole trader for a few months before then, um, and then kind of transitioned into a, a limited business. So yeah, so I guess when I think about it, like Root Digital was my kind of app development on the side vehicle. So at the time, I had I had like a, a day job, so that was kind of like the the main thing in my life. And that that was doing web development, right? Yeah, that's just web dev for just yeah, like a, a yeah. firm locally. So really, like financially, there wasn't a, a huge amount of pressure on like Root Digital to really do very much um i mean you know it's a limited company in its own right therefore it has its own set of books um but the ability for me to be able to draw a salary from it made very little difference to my kind of personal finances because that was all taken care of through my day job so it wasn't like i was desperate for it to quickly turn a profit and take a salary and everything else it um it, it wasn't like that at all so yeah, slight bit of recap. I've launched two apps through it around my sort of day job and, and life, I suppose. Uh, my remote control for Cody, I'd say, is like was the main app, and Space Reader is my second app that came sometime after that. Has always kind of been sort of like the number two app. Yeah, um, it's kind of never done quite as well, and it's nowhere near as complex, and took nowhere near as long to build. And so, yeah, the apps made you know a modest amount of money, but by no means allowed me to kind of quit the day job. Um, or anything like that i guess what this is all leading to is that over the last year or so armchair in particular has begin has began to struggle um like i say it's always been my main app and it's consistently outperformed space readers by by quite a margin so as to why it started to struggle i suppose the jury's still out in a way i've got a few theories Obviously, the the app is a remote control for Cody, so it's the app in itself is kind of heavily reliant on Cody to succeed. Part of me wonders if kind of the world of streaming media, sort of Netflix and Amazon Prime Video, given how well that's doing, makes there less of a demand for Cody. I imagine that's probably so, actually. That's certainly been kind of my own personal kind of route with, with viewing media over the last two or three years. Yeah, and for me as well. I mean, I think back when I started, um, when I launched Armchair, I would I would use Kodi intensively. Um, I mean, in my case, I've I had my own sort of media collection um, that consisted of my Blu-rays and DVDs um, that I would access through Kodi. And now, a surprisingly large amount of all of that can just basically be found on Netflix or Amazon. I guess the the need in my personal circumstances for Cody has almost disappeared especially so with the Apple TV um, where you've got nice little apps now for Netflix and Amazon and YouTube and loads of other video sources that you might be interested in whereas Cody it's not quite as straightforward it's always it's, there's always there is a way to get Netflix working on it but it's a real hack and right. it's the kind of thing that if I was to say to to Heather oh Heather just load up Netflix on on Cody she'd be like what <laughs> what, what, what's this <laughs> Um, give her the Apple TV and she's away. So I think it's it's still got that 
element to it that it's a bit of a like a, a, a geek's toy in some ways. Um, it, it's fine for someone like me who's into it. But then if you try and pass it to a family member, you know, you get some strange looks, put it that way. It's still quite niche, really. That, um, and I guess it always has kind of been quite niche, that sort of way of viewing media in some ways. Yeah, I mean, like relative to things like Netflix, and yeah, I mean, Netflix is like mainstream, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you say the word Cody to a lot of people, you'll just get a blank look. Sort of adding on to that um, is my kind of... I got a lot of one-star reviews with, with Armchair, the overwhelming majority due to users not being able to connect the app up to their uh, Kodi box. Um, you'll recall sort of in the last year I've added an onboarding wizard, which seems to have sort of stemmed the flow a little bit of those. Yeah. Um, but perhaps perhaps the damage was already done, and as a result my, my search rankings on the App Store stunk. So if you search for... Search for me, you you, you, know, you really don't find me very well anymore. Still, you could say none of this really mattered because, as uh, as you recall, about this time last year, I, I I was kind of repurposing Root Digital to sort of become a, a, a web consultancy. So in in the back of my mind, I thought, well, yeah, I mean, the apps are fine; they can carry on just making whatever they make because my focus now is going to be sort of web consultancy. Quick thirty second recap on that is kind of now that. I've decided that that's not going to be my route forward. Um, it seemed like a great idea on paper, but with um, sort of personal circumstances in life, it turned out that it wasn't probably going to work out in the long term. And <laughs> I think, when was it? Maybe back in October or November last year, we were talking and I'd just finished up on a project and I was just so happy that I'd finished it so I could go and like work on my apps again. I think that was probably <laughs> that was probably the the moment where I kind of realised I was sort of over the web in a way. Yeah, just the fact that I was just so pleased that I didn't have to work on any websites and I could work on iOS. That was probably the signal that was like, yeah, okay, buddy, this is like the writing's on the wall now. <laughs> yeah, this is but, where you need to be, really. Yeah, and it's it kind of felt I felt a little bit um, a little bit silly as we discussed. Um, but also it almost felt like to take on any more clients, given that I was kind of like not really into it, was almost irresponsible in a way. Almost like I was just digging myself a hole yeah. for every new client that I took on. I didn't particularly want to take them on, but I thought I should because, you know, building a business and everything. But then that's, that's no way to build a business. No, it's not. It's, it's not. No. And, and I mean, I've had similar experiences myself with sort of transitioning out of my, my former career. Uh, within data and analytics and that side of things over to iOS development. Um, at one point, I thought that I was going to have to go to back, back to that sort of work um, for us to do the emigration and to be here in New Zealand. And it, you know, it turned out that that was a, a silly idea um, because where my passion is is for iOS development. So you know that that was the best route for me to sort of go to to being here but I had to go on a bit of a journey to sort of say goodbye to that way of thinking and I, th I think there's a bit of um it's not quite the sunk cost fallacy I guess but I guess there's an element of that sort of you know I've, I've done this and this is how I think um how I've defined myself sort of uh career-wise and working-wise or whatever and you know for so long at that point that that is the way I, I'd thought of myself and I guess I think you've had a similar thing go on here you know like you said you you set up the business um originally for the apps but then you were looking at web development as sort of being the the bread and butter after you've left your web development job 
And I guess you had to kind of go through a similar journey to sort of go, hang on a second, actually, although I've thought this, although this is what I plan to do, the reality is I, I, that's that's not where I need to be. That's not what I should be doing. Yeah, and I think there was a couple of signals that I misread as well because when I left my uh, my jobby job, um, I was I felt pretty burnt out by it all, but I was convinced that was down to the way that um, my job was. And I kind of thought, oh, well, you know, when I'm doing it for myself, I'll be doing it differently and it will be, you know, I'll be able to set things up so that I don't feel this way. Um, and I think just the broader issue was I was I, I just kind of kind of over it. When, when I got my uh, first client, it kind of all felt like I was back at work again. And yeah. it's like, oh, kind of, you know, like the grass is green on the other side, perhaps there's a little bit of that where I thought, like, if I do it for me, it'll all be different, and then you kind of do it for yourself, and it's like, hmm, not that different, is it? <laughs> so um, with that, I guess we're back to Root Digital sort of coming full circle and being back to my app development on the side vehicle, except my day job is now sort of looking after a, a child um, and doing the app development around that as opposed to doing the app development around a sort of nine-to-five web, web developer job. The thing is, the business has costs, you know, not not many costs, but costs nevertheless. Um, things that come to mind is like accountancy fees. I've got my email hosting, I've got web hosting, I've got domains. Uh, but never, nevertheless, each month, I'm yeah, I've got costs going out. So I'm in a bit of a dilemma as to whether to sort of wrap it up or to keep it going. I think keeping it going in its current form isn't sustainable because the way armchairs suffered slash suffering, um, it, that's not going to be sustainable in the long term to keep that going. The argument for keeping it going is to use the company as a vehicle for sort of my new app I've got in the works. The issue is, is that that's going to take a while to build. Um, yeah. Not least because the amount of time I've got available for its development, but also sort of the scope of the app. It's, it's going to be a fairly meaty app. And my experience of making apps, websites, anything in general is that it always takes longer than you think it's going to take anyway. And I'm already thinking it's going to take a substantial amount of time. So it's kind of substantial amount of time times two probably is what it's going to end up being. Yeah. Um, so sort of one one possible way of going about it is to kind of just shut it all down, kind of go into, go into retreat, I guess, Um I'm planning to utilize CloudKit in a pretty um, heavy way with this new app. So perhaps I'm thinking a route would be to sort of you know, shut down the company, remove all of the costs and um, set up a personal Apple developer account so I can have access to CloudKit and all of those resources that I'll need, build the new app, and then I guess sort of come back for a second act. There's something something enticing i guess about shutting it all down and having another go there's always something enticing about hitting the reset button isn't there because you can kind of redo things that you've done that you wouldn't do the yeah. thing that for me comes to mind is marketing like with armchair i i was so bad at marketing i, I can't even describe it um so that's something i would look to tackle head on next time that would almost be like as important as the development of the app in, in that i sort of do them side by side and take it way more seriously as opposed to just chucking a few emails out to some press at the end and hoping that they reply to me um, which probably isn't the way to do marketing um, 
it also raises questions about how I might structure things differently. Um, just from like a, a how I would operate a, a new company, perhaps. Uh, it wasn't that long ago we did an episode, was it, about um, setting up shop, about yeah. getting yeah. Like accountants and setting up companies as vehicles for all this sort of stuff. But like an idea rattling around my head recently is that if if the company I set up was just literally just doing app dev, so no invoicing clients or you know any kind of traditional sort of businessy stuff. I mean, like when I think of a traditional business, I think of kind of like a brick and mortar business or a B two B business, like a design agency or something, where you've yep. got suppliers and costs and you're invoicing clients and you've probably got an accounts department chasing invoices and you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, if I'm literally just doing app development, I start to think, could I could I DIY it? As in, like, the accounting side. Because yeah. if you, I have to look at my bank account, there's going to be uh, a transaction once a year to Apple for my developer account. There's going to be a payment, hopefully, sort of every month or uh, six weeks whenever they come in. Possibly a little bit of web hosting once a month, email hosting once a month. That's not a lot to keep track of, is it? It's really not, and I think there's there's definitely a potential there to sort of DIY it. Um, I think if you're trying to get complicated in terms of how you're sort of claiming certain things as, as costs for the business or whatever, then you know you should probably get an accountant in for that. But records keeping wise, and and generally sort of being able to tot everything up and and file it, you know, which is all you really need to do. You need to to fill out the forms to file. And, and update certainly in the UK to update companies' house and update um, HMRC and everything each year with 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 what you've made and and everything. I think there's a possibility there to DIY it, provided you're not trying to do anything that sort of benefits you too much. I guess really. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really looking for any sort of like accountancy sorcery or anything at this stage. No. Um, you know, where you sort of go to see an accountant and like, everyone says, oh, you want to go and see an accountant because they'll save you a fortune on your tax and, you know, you can claim for this and claim for that and claim for everything else. Um, I mean, as it stands at the minute, I've not really had any of that through Root Digital, to be perfectly honest, via my accountant. Um, mm. So I think if it got to the point where like I had an app that was bringing in like a decent amount of money, um, or it got to the point where I came to do my first sort of filing for the year and I was like, okay, this is too much. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm out of my depth, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, sure. Then I, I suppose I could just instruct an accountant then and be like, yes, this is yeah, my situation. Can, can you come in and sort of wrap this up for me and continue with me sort of on, on an ongoing basis? There'd be nothing to stop you from shopping around at that time as well, you know, and actually having that conversation with a couple of different accountants and sort of saying, okay, yeah, this is where things are at. You know, how how much could you do the first filing for and, and what's your ongoing kind of fee look like? And, you know, make an informed decision at that point. Mm. But you'd have a, a year and a bit, wouldn't you, really, before that was really a concern at that point in terms of, of being up and running as a limited company and you know, making sales and, and everything else. You, you've got quite a bit of lead time before the filing's actually due. Yeah, um, and also there's no real actual costs either until that point. Um, yeah. Because I've always, um, apart from like say like a few pounds for some web hosting and you know, a bit of email or whatever, I mean I've quite often joked to my accountant that I have now saying if it wasn't for you it'd be profit all the way to the bank. Um, <laughs> yeah, if, he's my biggest cost. Um, yeah, and I'm, you know, nice guy and everything, but I'm not 
100% sure I'm getting value. I think at that end of the scale, they're not necessarily motivated to to provide a lot of value as well. You're actually almost a loss-leading customer if they start spending too much time on you. Exactly. Um, um, when, when I first went to meet um, with him, kind of explained what I was doing, and he was like, oh, well, we've got these packages that are kind of like for... He didn't say for like proper businesses, but I could tell that's kind of what he meant. Um, <laughs> you know, like, sort of like proper businesses like, uh, you know, plumbers, electricians, uh, you know, businesses that have a high sort of cash flow turnover and, you know, costs going out, costs coming in, all, all that kind of stuff that you think of like a you know, proper business. Um, he clearly sort of saw that I wasn't going to take a lot of work, I think. But nevertheless, it, it, the amounts that I still have to pay him add up to quite a significant amount each year. But yeah, it's kind of like I never hear from him all year. Then from what I can tell, he quickly logs into the accountancy thing where I log all my bank statements, um, looks at the numbers in there, dumps them into the kind of forms that HMRC require, um, makes me sign to say that I've understood it all and there are no mistakes, even though I don't have a clue what I'm looking at. And then I never hear from him for another year. <laughs> so um. It's a funny thing. I, I, I think my situation with, with mine back in the UK is, is kind of, settling into a very similar sort of arrangement for what I have with RoboHeads and, and my my two apps. I think the only thing is is that I'm really not sure what my, my legal status would be sort of bringing the apps to New Zealand right, um, because okay. I'm not here permanently yet. You know, I'm on a, a temporary work visa that's attached to my work at, at Paperkite and I guess my belief is that um, I couldn't just incorporate a business here until I, I'm I'm here forever. So there's a sort of stage to these things happening for me where I've kind of got to keep the business back in the UK for now. And, you know, having the accountant kind of keeps that ticking over uh, without me having to sort of be be there in a lot of ways. You know, that that means they can do the filing for me as long as I send them the, the books sort of thing that, that everything just keeps trucking for now. But value-wise, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm seeing incredible amounts of value there right now. Uh, I think a lot of it's peace of mind, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much. And and I wouldn't want to put anybody off, you know, using an accountant at, at whatever level they're at with, with their, their business. I think in our previous episode when we discussed that side of things, uh, the advice I kind of wanted to impress upon people was you should have an accountant if you're a limited company and you're sort of feeling out of your depth with the filing because – you know that that it's quite critical and quite crucial that you get that right and so you know I, I do think that that is a good thing to do there but as we're saying in this circumstance and in the frame of mind that you've got with sort of starting again you've got quite a lot of lead time before you really need to do that and paying an accountant sort of from day one for a brand new business uh, when you're not sure whether you know you're even going to turn any sort of profit or, or anything like that uh, it's probably just wasting money because really if you got to a year and a bit out and you needed to file or you needed to just um, you know close the company you could probably file that yourself and it would be perfectly fine if if your outgoings and, and income are all you know digitally tracked it's just iTunes um, payments and things like that going in and out you know you don't need an accountant to sort that out for you if, if the business has gone nowhere and if it's gone somewhere and you've made a reasonable amount of money, then you've got the cash to afford the accountant. Yeah, and it's just like not even an issue at that point, is it? It's just yeah. like, yeah, get, get the accountant, whatever. You know? yeah. um, part of me worries that 
um, again, calling back to a previous episode when we spoke about like web hosting and infrastructure, um, sort of putting a someone else's problem field around it, whether I'm sort of diving into a rabbit hole I should avoid. Uh, you know how you know how we thought, yeah, if we can just host the podcast on on Linode and sort of manage it all ourselves, do all the server upgrades ourselves, and then, like you said, I think you put it quite well on the podcast. Um, at that point, you're no longer you know running a podcast. You sort of become a server admin and this and that and everything else. Yep. So I need to be mindful of that. I think I need to, especially being sort of the type of personality I am, I kind of look at things. But oh yeah, I could do that, and it won't take much, and I'll just do this and I'll do that, and then it'll be done, and I've saved all this money. Not thinking I've actually probably wasted forty hours on it or something crazy. Yeah. So I think I need to be super aware of that just to make sure I don't fall down this trap. And I, I think you'll be fine, though. To be honest with you, I think that there is a, like I said, there's this point where you can start again. You can have that period of time without that cost as long as you're keeping track of everything you know if you get to that moment where you need to file you can pay somebody else you can wrap it into somebody else's problem field at that point you know you don't need to immediately meet with an accountant when you're starting up you've you've got that sort of lead time so when when you started did you just um actually incorporate the company yourself because when i went to see my accountant he was like oh i'll I'll just do the incorporation for you it won't take long Um, no i filed it myself it was like 15 pounds with with company's house or whatever um in a lot of ways i probably should have just self-certified the the income from my apps when i first started out uh, what you mean as a sole trader yeah yeah absolutely i'd lost the protection of having a limited company and i think that there's a lot of benefits to having that but the only reason i actually incorporated for roboheads was because uh, I was going to sort of startups meetings at the time and the sort of wisdom of the crowd of people around me was you should incorporate, you know, it's a good idea. Go do that. Register it on company's house and, and off you go. And I thought, well, I want this to be a real thing and a real business. And, and that kind of felt like I was making it a real business by doing that. And then the reality was, you know, I kept track of, of all the books and kept things running and, and it's sort of simple costs. Like you say, when you, when you're just, you know, making money on the app store and spending out on digital costs. It's easy to track back and find where these things are. Um, and I got to sort of filing, filing records for the first time and kind of went, oh, okay, uh, I, I need a bit of help here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say there really other than um, I think in some ways it was a limited company by, not by mistake, but certainly without as much consideration as it perhaps should have been at the start. And then... Now, in the situation that I'm in at this moment in time, it's actually been quite a good position because uh, that that limited company exists and remains in the UK and I've not needed to sort of worry about what's going on there. You know, everything's all in its its own little bubble, um, even though I'm here. Yeah, there is something nice about that, just mentally for me, the fact that it's all separate. It's it's like you say it's wrapped up in its own little bubble and everything that goes on in there is sort of stays in there and there's no kind of no kind of crossover between like that and my personal finances like it's got its own bank account it's its own legal entity it's everything it's 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 its own thing and I find that quite quite nice in my head to kind of pigeonhole it I guess but maybe maybe I shouldn't rule out going as a sole trader again um, I don't know just in the nature of what what we're doing on the app store you're kind of opening yourself up to the whole world yes um, just sort of basically instantly which therefore makes you exposed to the whole world if you look at it in that sense as well so sort of wrapping um yeah a limited company around it yeah by incorporating yeah that's that's why it appeals to me so much i think 
and like you said that your your startup group i guess that's kind of like common wisdom there as well so there's obviously something to it yes yeah and i think that was where people were coming from there as well was that sort of idea of well it protects you as an individual as you sort of start out uh limits liabilities and that sort of thing and and you know there's a lot to be said for that there really is i suppose the biggest problem is uh, <laughs> if i did start a new company what on earth would i call it <laughs> yeah i've just realized you, you've said you're going to be using CloudKit. yeah um so you're, you're, you're also dealing with one of the other potential hard problems there which is syncing <laughs> um i mean CloudKit will probably solve a lot of that for you to some degree but yeah, the, the hard problems you've got naming things and um, synchronization. Those are both traditionally very hard. Glutton for punishment, eh? I guess I'm wondering what your timeline is. Are you sort of looking at, at kind of killing everything off with Root Digital post haste? Is is that sort of imminent? Um, I think so. I think I'm I'm not 100 percent decided on doing it. Although I'm sort of 90 percent there, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I. Yeah, I think I'm just going to kind of, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be pretty soon. Just get it wrapped up. Yeah, there's things that I'll need to to sort out sort of within that. Yeah, just shut it, shut it down, get it, get it sorted, get it sort of wrapped up and behind me, I guess. So my, my theory, sort of knowing you now for, for as long as I have, I, th- I think that when you've done this, it will actually be something that you feel quite positive about because um at the moment sort of management of, of the apps that you've got already and kind of where they're going in terms of like the income sort of not coming through for them and that sort of stuff it's kind of like a background hum of, of sort of stress almost like not necessarily stressing you out a major amount but it's it's there and it's a potential blocker for you in terms of moving on to the new project i started out feeling and we're only talking like weeks ago here not very long at all i kind of started out thinking about maybe i should shut it down and my instant reaction was like no don't be so silly you need to persevere and you know and 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 beat this and i was like yeah i'm gonna beat this and that's when i sort of came up with a bit of a game plan on how to do it and actually as time's gone on as those costs keep going out every month it's like this is not good um it almost got to the it's kind of got to the point now where i'm almost happy that i've I'm going to shut it down. Right. Um, like at first I was really quite sad about it. I was like, Oh no, I can't even think about it. Like that's represents such a failure. Um, and I, yeah, I kind of wanted to avoid it on that basis. But, but now I'm, I'm thinking actually now I've got this, that was the key. I think is that I didn't have a new idea for a new app and that kind of worried me quite a lot. And it's kind of yeah. like what I've got isn't working and I haven't got the next idea and I've got this money going out every month and I'm just kind of, sat here like kind of like bleeding money <laughs> and, um, <laughs> there's, there's like no real kind of even potential solution so yeah that was when i was kind of like i need to persevere with armchair and sort of get it up the search rankings and get thousands of downloads and all that sort of stuff and the rest will take care of itself but once i kind of concluded on this new app idea i i was just like yeah this is it this is, this is what i want to work on and i didn't really want to work on anything else um i couldn't get the idea out of my head um but then I was like, oh, damn it, this is going to take so long to make. And then I sort of <laughs> sort of ran out how long it would take to make. And I'm thinking, well, how much is that going to cost then? If, if I was to, like, for every month I take making it, it's going to cost this amount to keep the company running just so I've got the company there to launch the app through when it's done. Yeah. 
Um, and that was kind of when I was like, ooh, maybe it would be a good idea to shut it down. Then I can work on this for as long as I want. And then I, when it's ready, I can just launch a new company and then voila, done. Um, and that put a whole new spin on it for me. So that's kind yeah. of where I'm at. I'm feeling pretty good about it. It's not actually a thing that I feel bad about right now. I kind of feel kind of optimistic, if, if you can even say that. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button, that will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, Also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com. Again, that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? Yeah, you can find my remote control for Cody at armchair-remote.com, my latest app to help kids learn to read. You can find it at spacereaders.com. And on Twitter, I'm at underscore Dave Knott. 